0: One canister of seviflurane is equivalent to 40 kilograms of CO2 for the environment. Yep. To achieve the same anaesthesia, you need three canisters of desflurane, and that's equivalent to 2.6 tonnes of CO2 for the environment. So it's-
1: everyone welcome back to the podcast uh this week i've got a new guest um uh, some of you might know because i know a lot of the listeners here are uh in wa and um i've got uh dr chris mitchell who is a anesthetic consultant colleague of mine he used to work here at king edward uh in a previous life about what was it four or five years ago chris uh yeah, five years ago i left now yeah and uh he uh he came and gave us a um uh, I talked to our department um, a couple of weeks ago uh, on a topic that's dear to his heart. Um, I thought before we get stuck into that, I'll we'll, we'll let you introduce the topic uh, in a second. But um, my, one of my best memories of Chris is we're wandering into one of the offices at the back here and I opened the door and there there was Chris and there was a half-dead sheep, or like a, a sheep's carcass, <laughs> sitting on his desk and he had like an ultrasound and all these needles and I thought oh, he's doing some sort of autopsy. I said I'll come back later. <laughs> well, the other thing Chris is famous for is, is um, he patented a uh, ultrasound specific um, uh, needle for regional anaesthesia, didn't you? That, which I think is made by Pajunk now, is it? But, yeah, yeah, doing yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's that's a uh, <laughs> that's a good intro. Um, so Chris, what what was the title of your talk that you gave us um, a few weeks ago, and um, which is your sort of area of interest now? Oh, okay.
0: thank you very much, Rods, for having me both for the departmental talk and coming in for the podcast. Um, yeah, I had a, a chat to the department about environmental targets for theatres and um, changing culture.
1: Yep. So, and, and how did you get into this? Is there a little backstory? Because you, you, I think you mentioned in your talk that you've only been sort of, um, um, you know, right into this in, in recent times. What, what was the backstory? You never elaborated.
0: Yes, I, look, I'm probably as bad as a lot of people. I own a and a big four-wheel drive and a, and a, <laughs> and a, uh, a sports boat. And um, I'd travelled about five or six times in the, the, um, the year overseas. But then last year, one of our um, fellows at Sir Charles Gardner Hospital just gave a, a talk about there yep. is no planet B and um, trying to make us a bit more environmentally aware. And at that stage, the, the light bulb turned on and right. I've been working pretty proactively at the issue since.
1: Yeah, that's, that's good, and I suppose you haven't been on very many sort of extended holidays since then for environmental reasons, or or, <laughs> or probably for other reasons. I haven't got that good yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> always easier to tell
0: other people what to do than do it yourself, yeah. so I'm still going on holidays. <laughs> yeah, but you drive, presumably. And I've still got the four-wheel drive, and unfortunately still using yeah. a boat.
1: Yeah. Oh, well. yeah. Okay, so um, uh, how do you want to start? It was It was really... Really, well, I guess really interesting topic and it's sort of you got my, got my interest piqued as well. So some of the stuff that you, you brought up, you know, I, I must admit, I haven't really heard much about, but it's really interesting.
0: Well, I guess it started from after Genevieve's talk, The Registrar, last year it was just picking the low lying fruit that would be easy to make um, and to make environmental change. And the most obvious one of them after a talk was our anaesthetic use of the gas desflurane. Yep. So we have many ways that we can give an anaesthetic, but the if you're putting people off to sleep, we either use propofol, you can use a, a, a volatile called sepaflurane or desflurane. I was pretty unaware before this talk just how filthy bad um, desflurane was for the environment. And it turns out that one canister of seviflurane is equivalent to 40 kilograms of co2 for the environment yep to achieve the same anesthesia you need three canisters of desflurane and that's equivalent to 2.6 tons of co2 for the environment so
1: tell me so 40 kilograms versus 2 thousand six hundred kilograms is that right correct is that my math can you explain so i so i was shocked when you told me that uh, we told us that two weeks ago can you explain how that is is that like the manufacturing um the co2 generated by manufacturing or making the gas or does the gas when it's in the atmosphere do something like some chemical reaction up in the up in the ozone or what how's that calculation come about
0: mostly it's a theoretical calculation about what happens when the gas is sitting in our atmosphere okay the the story is our energy from the sun comes in at one wavelength and then tries to escape the heat tries to escape the earth at ultraviolet radiation okay so so it traps heat just like um co2 exactly okay so it's a it's got that absorption absorbs that the energy and then reflects it back down to earth and the thing about desflurane it's just a very stable strong molecule so it stays in the environment for hundreds of years right Um, so that's the key cause it's a potent um, ultraviolet light absorber yeah reflector and it lasts in the environment for a long time
1: okay well thanks for that because i was wondering how that's a huge difference isn't it so and is it you know but but is it like a key anaesthetic drug that we that we can't do without because some of the people who listen to this podcast um aren't necessarily anaesthetic um people i guess you know, when I started
0: anaesthesia, it was a drug that wasn't available. Um, it became sort of widely available probably from 2005 onwards, and I think the drug companies pushed it very heavily because they sell it for twice the price, and you need yeah. to use three times as much of it, so they make six times the profit if we're using desflurane. Mm. Um, from a technical side, it has got some theoretical benefits. You can measure the difference in speed that people wake up from an anaesthetic. Yep. Um, and it's that's o- really—it's
1: only—it's only, only a benefit. matter of minutes, though, isn't it? It literally yeah. is minutes, and yeah, most of the time you just turn the fluorine off two or three minutes earlier than you would normally. Than you would if you're <laughs> yeah. using fluorine. Your
0: that's right. And by the time they sit in <laughs> recovery for you know twenty minutes, there's no recordable differences on any yeah. um, discharge from. Recovery, so it's a very theoretical difference, and it m- might make you feel like you're driving a sports car instead of just a nice car from an anaesthetic point <laughs> so of view. So you can go
1: really fast all the way up to those lights and then slam on the slam brakes. on the brakes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's interesting. So, um, what other? Uh, I remember when you gave the talk, you gave a sort of a scope of the problem, and it was quite interesting how much, like just in general, how much hospitals or healthcare contribute to the overall sort of um, environmental impact that human human activity is on this planet, or certainly in developed countries, can you go through yeah, some of those key figures? Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty, pretty horrific. Um, mm.
0: You know, we, we often think of ourselves as a fairly small part of the world, but when they calculate total um, CO2 produced due to health, it adds up to about 7% of the Australian CO2 emissions, this is despite us having all that um, energy pre- um, intense mining and everything else. Yeah, so I
1: always thought it was just all those factories out there and you know those big sort of industrial things you're pumping stuff up into the sky, and that we would be nothing. You know, we're just a drop in the ocean. So that surprises me a lot. That's a really it's scary number, figure, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's
0: a big number, and it's a, what's important is it's a number that we have to take responsibility for. Yeah, so um, we
1: could make a big difference if we you know improved our lot in the hospitals. Absolutely, yep. What else can Or well, what other issues are
0: there? Well, the volatile issue. Maybe I'll just pull back to that one because yep. I, I think I really should. One of my reasons to come through and talk at King Eddie's was just to thank them for what an amazing job they'd done, and that um, King Edwards had basically stopped. Using desflurane, um, we've achieved the same over at Sir Charles Gardner Hospital and at Osborne Park, which all comes together as the North Metropolitan Health Service. Yep. And just to give the listeners some idea of numbers, you know, we were producing about 50 ton of CO2 from our anaesthetic gases, um, anaesthetics, every month at North Metropolitan Health Service. With the changes, and just mostly by getting rid of desflurane, we're down to about five tons That's month. amazing. So, so 45 tons a month of co2 changed or reduced just by changing how we're putting people to sleep
1: yeah and i reckon we're probably saving money too because like you say disflurane is the most expensive of all those anesthetic drugs that we use
0: yeah, it's approximately eight eight or ten thousand dollars a month we're saving
1: yeah so we're saving money and we're doing a better job so yeah hard to argue with that logic
0: yeah, it's very solid, and um, some people still feel very um, wedded to their desflurane, but there's no, in our hospitals, there hasn't been a report of somebody having a bad anaesthetic because it was with sevoflurane. It just doesn't happen. Sevoflurane gives an equally good anaesthetic, a good outcome, but it's better for the environment and cheaper.
1: Yep. I haven't used desflurane personally for for five or six years, I don't think, anyway, and it was not for environmental reasons, just because I know it cost a lot of money. Um What's next on the list? Well, maybe we'll talk about nitrous, which yep. was um, an interesting
0: issue, um, probably in anaesthesia now, a bit like desflurane. Most anaesthetists um, don't use it, but it's still a piped um, gas, um, easily available for us in anaesthesia, and also it's available in the labour ward. It was interesting, I just before coming and doing the talk at King Edwards, I did pull up the numbers for how much nitrous king edwards was using and it's all a bit hidden in the background because we don't yeah. see we don't see it at all it comes in big g-sized bottles which are about as tall as a human um, and each bottle contains about 50 liters of yep. nitrous as a as a liquid and each one of those bottles i, th- I think it's about two thousand kilograms worth of co2 in each bottle right and so for, for king edwards the current usage rate is about 5.8 bottles a month so we call it nearly 12,000
1: kilos of CO2 being produced each month. So that's by 12 tonnes of CO2. Yep. Correct. So that's quite a lot, isn't it? Um, it but at the hospital, well, we can't really sort of tease that out because we just know how much the hospital is purchasing, don't you? But So we don't know where the, the split is uh, between labour ward and theatre, but we don't use much in theatre anymore. Um, yes, I think it'd be my guess that mostly it's labour ward now. Yeah. Um, but a little bit will be being used in data. Yeah. It is used in a few other f- places or, uh, around the traps as well, isn't it? Like sometimes people use it for changes of dressings and um, some minor procedures in emergency departments. And Is it used in um, the cooking industry or something, isn't it, inside some canisters? They use yeah. it for as a... Propellant, but I imagine that's small print compared to what we use in hospitals.
0: Yeah, I think in anesthetics, probably the biggest use is with children still with induction of anesthesia. Right. Yep. Um, and then the other big use would be in um, labour and yep. uh, control of pain.
1: Yep. Um, is there anything we can do to um, address that sort of as an environmental issue, or what are your thoughts around that? Have you had any. It's uh, a comp. heard different um, people discussing this or read anything about it.
0: There's not too much written about at the moment. It's obviously a very complex issue. The last thing we'd ever want is to try and reduce the, our ability to supply good pain relief for women coming in to yeah. labour at any hospital. And so obviously it's going to be a gas that's still going to be needed in the future um, and it can't just be turned off. I guess um, my thoughts are that it'd be interesting just if everyone using it was aware of the, the effects that it was having on the environment, yep. and we're here having children, having positive thoughts about the future, and the last thing we really want to do is be giving our kids uh, a future of severe climate change. So we should be also thinking about how we how we have those kids. So it'd be nice to think about um, how much nitrous we're using, and it probably is complicated because we we know so little about the exact exactly how we're using nitrous we don't have the basic numbers to know how to change it so i guess it'd be one of the oh if you want to change most things what you need to understand is your starting point so that'd be the first thing i think it'd be an amazing thing to do to just be to find out well how is the nitrous getting used here we have six thousand deliveries at king edwards Uh, i don't know how many what percentage of those um women would be getting some nitrous in childbirth and how many have nitrous for maybe half an hour, an hour, two hours, and then have an epidural, yep. where, where maybe with some gentle education, those those people might be happier um, having or going straight onto an epidural, which could obviously avoid a few hours of the nitrous use.
1: Yes, and I, and I guess I wonder whether there's much awareness of it. So whether the the women themselves or in the staff who work in labor ward and in, the, in um, obstetrics and, uh, and midwifery are aware of this. and. I guess you know if they if they knew uh, this was an issue they might have you know um, be able to make informed choices. Yeah, uh, depending on their their personal values and things. Yeah. So that that's uh, interesting. I uh, just going back a little bit to theater again. So propofol, so a lot of people are using TIVA for many reasons now. So TIVA is total intravenous anesthesia where you use propofol not just to put someone to sleep but to keep them asleep and so you don't use any volatile. Um I have heard, um, you know, people going because I use a lot of TVO, I think it's great because you, know, you get less nausea, and I just think it's um, for a certain patient groups anyway. Uh, it's a better anaesthetic, I think. Um, there's lots of reasons I like it, but um, there's a you, know, you use a lot of syringes and plastic and packaging and stuff. Does that mean that that's bad as well, or what's how's that compare to the effect of these all these tons of CO two that sevoflurane sub- and desfluorine are making in the, in the atmosphere? Yeah, it's interesting because uh, yeah. I, I thought. That maybe using all these syringes and things and plastic was was it mean it was less environmentally friendly but from what you have described you know a ton of co2 is an awful lot of plastic that's right
0: and it's amazing the overall the simple message is propofol is incredibly safe and good for the environment um from the amount of co2 it's producing in in its usage or its life cycle of its use yeah the there's there's two things about it um but when we actually, going back, there's, it's easiest um, just to look at our own college statement on propofol. And I'll quote actually a line out of it because um, I was just looking it up before the talk today. And it, the line in the college statement is the environmental impact of propofol was nearly four orders of magnitude lower than deslorane or nitrous oxide. Right. Four orders of magnitude. What that means is one ten thousandth yes. of the impact. So it's they're, they're not comparable in any way. And the statement goes on to say, the main related environmental impact associated with profile seems to result from the energy requirements to operate the syringe pump with minor considerations <laughs> of manufacturing and waste. Right. So, the, so making the plastic
1: stuff. I mean, a lot of that stuff, packaging is recyclable too if you have your, your Suez and recycling bins and things you can recycle some of this stuff too
0: absolutely so the it's amazing if you look at it, your syringes you might use 20 or 30 grams of plastic in those syringes but they are yeah now recyclable and we're doing that where um compared to the desflurane which is producing
1: yeah crazy tons of, tons of co2 and um 4 uh, when i give an anesthetic i use Two mils of heavy marcaine, which comes in one tiny, tiny glass ampule, which is probably about a one hundredth of a stubby or something—a <laughs> <laughs> glass in a stubby. So. Uh has the college got any statements on that that's pretty <laughs> I haven't seen any but it's obviously spinal anaesthesia I mean that is the ultimate environmentally friendly anaesthetic
0: yes um, spinal anaesthesia <laughs> or may I give a good plug for peripheral regional yeah, that's anaesthesia right, or, you know, um, yeah. it's not so common it's in Australia but certainly in France a huge number of people would be having their shoulder surgery upper limb lower limb surgery just under a nerve block yep. and then whack on some headphones like we've got on our heads right now and yeah, right. listen yeah. to some nice it's music it's like when you
1: have an MRI isn't it yeah, yeah. Um, so that's good. Um, what else? So you've got some, some some messages about how to now that everyone's sort of a bit more empowered. about it, you've we've sort of talked about the issue. How do we change things? Or what, what sort of what are the low hanging fruit? What can we do? Yeah, people, people are all fired up now, mate. I th-
0: I think there's <laughs> now that we now that we've got people going. I think you know the first thing to get people in, trapped with is um get rid of their desflurane yep. and i think that's a pretty positive message you know people feel pretty good about themselves when they're realizing they're saving tons of co2 every year changing over to profile which you've already um mentioned the next thing is just getting down onto low flows of sevoflurane. yep so instead of you know the old recommendation was two liters per minute of fresh gas flow of your Civo, reduce it down to 0.5 of a, a liter per minute because there's no um no reported com- effects of compound A or carbon monoxide poisoning, which was the old fearmongering created by the they're drug company, So, so, so we made sure we used use lots more. of their gas. Yeah, <laughs> so It was very clever marketing. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next thing, it's one I just read a few weeks ago, was when running our propofol anaesthesia to make sure that we um, run a high fresh gas flow at that stage. Yes, so that's right. Normally, normally we run a low gas flow because we're wanting to um, minimise the amount of um, waste of our gases because they're a bad agent, but when we're using propofol, we may as well run a high flow of oxygen and air mix because that saves us um, using up our soda lime or yep. other absorbent agents, so that's another
1: easy way to improve our anaesthesia. And, and the cost of those um, fresh gases, their air and oxygen, is like... Minuscule. I always is. thought it would be quite expensive, but you're telling me that it was
0: like, yeah, unbelievable. It's cheap. like um, 0. 0.0 cents per
1: thousand liters of oh, oxygen. Point 0.0. That, is that zero? That's yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> rounded to the nearest zero. Yeah. It's very <laughs> yeah. low anyway. It's incredibly cheap anyway. That was uh, which is that surprised me. So it's interesting when you get some real numbers. It's funny what you think in your head. Like I always I've been doing Tiva, a lot of Tiva for years, and I've been keeping the flows low, <laughs> but now just let it fly.
0: I think it was just ingrained in us, wasn't it? <coughs> yeah. All good anaesthesia, you turn down your flows and so we yeah. just carried it on to propofol where yep. we can chuck that one out. Have you got into, much in into recycling here at King Edmonds? Um, at so moment? funny,
1: we, uh, you mentioned that. So two weeks ago, you gave the Tuesday morning talk, which was two weeks ago today. And then today we had the um, Lena someone, I can't remember her surname, from Suez, Suez who came along. and Yeah, we do have um, some enthusiasts and we, I think we're not bad at recycling, but we can definitely get better. And uh, Shilpa, one of our ASRs, is just organised for us to get the syringe recycling bins as well. Um, so it looks like that's going to get a lot better as well. Uh, although we are already re- doing quite a bit, I think.
0: Yeah, the, yep. the syringe recycling is obviously a winner because it's just a, a single bin. And when I look in Charlie's, it's very rarely contaminated. So you look in the bins, there's just syringes in it, which is fantastic. So you just
1: got to remember to take the labels off. Um, I think she was saying, if uh, the drug labels. You can peel those off before you chuck them in and... It all gets turned into kids' playgrounds. I think.
0: That's right. Um, two simple actions: just um, eject all your drugs. Yeah, no into, drugs. No drugs. Leave the um, plunger inside the syringe. Yep. And and if you can take the label off, but they they will actually tolerate the occasional label yeah. in there, but just don't. Yeah, make she was the saying
1: five, there's a five percent contamination tolerance level for yeah. most of these uh, different recycling bins. Yes. Okay, good.
0: So that's good. And then the next one to get onto is the PVC. That's an easy, easy yep. recycling as well. It's the one that they... And that's have.
1: a high-quality plastic that they're after. Yeah, yeah they, they love it. And they can, in and Australia, they mostly
0: turned into hoses, I think, and also yeah, your Re- recycling. Is it reticulation? Reticulation just, yeah. hoses,
1: yeah. And uh, so that's the... The PVC is one uh, of the mo- most common products. Well, it's nearly um, our IV bags. Yes, yeah, so the of, IVs. And there's a lot of uh, surgical and nursing stuff hang up lots of... um. Our irrigation irrigation, Irrigation bags. fluids with, with those bags too. So there's a lot of that stuff.
0: Then we seem to use nearly a face mask for every patient as they wake up from anaesthesia, despite most of them being young, healthy, and not needing any <laughs> extra oxygen at all. But we still give them a mask. Don't give
1: them mask too many opioids, well. no, There's 21% around them. Yeah, that's a The exactly number right. of times I get to recovery and realise I hadn't turned the oxygen cylinder on anyway. <laughs> and they're all still okay. still got normal sex. They're still okay, Yeah. <laughs> All right, I've, I shouldn't be publicising this, should I? <laughs> nah, actually, it doesn't really matter. Okay, any closing comments? I think we're, oh, we're look, getting near the magic twenty-minute mark where people will start to arrive at their destination and start to turn their uh, turn their phones off.
0: Look, I just think the fo- closing comment is this: this problem is ours to solve. You know, yep. we, we're creating six percent of our CO two. No one else is going to solve that except the people who are working in health. We need to make the simple changes we can and we need to put pressure on our um, superiors and the people running the hospital to make sure we drive all the other changes that are needed, which is particularly in useless waste and yeah. also... Um, buying things we don't use. Yeah, buying things use. we don't use and also buying things that can't be recycled or can't uh, have a good life
1: cycle to them. Yes, yep, I agree. Well, thanks very much, Chris. So that's, uh, that's been a re- He's coming on his day off. Uh, he could be playing golf or kiteboarding board, kite <laughs> uh, I'm going there now the board's, <laughs> or, in, the, the board's or, in the car or uh, or uh, play Minecraft if you're my 10 year old son <laughs> he'd pretty much spend 20 hours a day doing that if he was allowed to um, okay thanks Chris no, thanks Roger cheers thanks for listening everyone please go to the iTunes menu and subscribe to the show if you like it Write a review. This will also help us uh, get seen by other listeners on the iTunes menu. If you're also interested, please go to our website at www.obsandguinequickcare.org where there will be lots of show notes and links to uh, interesting videos related to the topic that you've just listened to. See you again next time.